we're really, really happy to announce that um, that we are just signed a an ambassadorship program with Schedulicity. Schedulicity is a scheduling app, and um, they've been kind enough to uh, to help us out this next year. Yeah, they uh, we met them in L.A. when we did the uh, Salon Digital Summit, and they really believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. and how we were doing it, and so they wanted to know how they can partner up with us to. Uh, to even reach more listeners and, exactly. and give what we give. That's that's right. So um, with our uh, with our partnership with uh, Schedulicity, we will be able to reach more hairdressers and we'll be able to bring a lot more content and get to a lot more hair shows. So uh, hopefully, we can see you guys out there in the hair shows when we're there visiting. Yeah, and and they're going to give us a, some business tips uh, throughout the podcast as well. And I'm so excited that you know. We're partnering up with people that believe in the same things we believe in. Yeah, no doubt. That, that, that's pretty exciting. So uh, anyway, Schedulicity, once again, big shout out to you. And uh, thank you for joining your day off. <laughs> Silly. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Courtney. I'm sit with my best bud, Tony. What's up, Tony? What's up, homie? We're, we're, uh, this is the longest title of any hair show in the country. We're at the Cosmoprof Mid-Atlantic Fashion Focus. Say it again. <laughs> Cosmoprof Mid-Atlantic Fashion Focus. All right, yeah, that's all right. the time we have, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, I mean, the best thing about when we do these uh, live events is that we get to talk to um, pretty rad people live. And um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about the next one. Yeah, I say that a lot every time, so I... I but anyway, it's okay. Really it's, it's a genuine excitement. Right? Yeah, it, it, it really is because I get a, I get a, another new friend. That's right. You whether know? whether she likes it or not. Yeah, <laughs> we get to keep. She's her. my. I might not be her friend, but she's my <laughs> friend. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Um, so uh, so today our, our our guest is Sarai Spear, also known as the Platinum Giraffe, and. Um, We've actually been talking for a couple months trying to make this happen, and um, we I, did, I honestly I didn't think it was ever going to happen because we just couldn't get the schedule together, and we definitely knew we wanted to do Sarai live. Yeah, one hundred percent. You yeah, know, no, yeah, no over Zoom, no, 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 no. There's no, there's no telephone Internet, Sarai. Right. No, 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 no. There's no uh, Facebook live or Instagram mm-hmm. live Sarai. Live. We want it live. We want it live. We want it in the per in the person. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, should we get in? Yeah, <laughs> let's get in. Yeah. So, Miss Sarai Spear. Is it Spear or Spears with an S? It is not with an S. It is okay. not Britney Spears. I okay. am Sarai Spear. Sarai Spear. Yes. Miss Sarai Spear. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you for having me. This is this is such an honor to be here with you guys. Again, like you said, face to face. Finally. 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 It's know, been right? months. Months in, in the works. <laughs> it really has, right? Yeah. You guys are a lot prettier yeah. in person than I thought you would be. I'm going to be real honest. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> We, right. we, have, we have filter real life. Yeah. Filter real life. Is that what you're saying? We don't photograph very well. What do they say? A face for radio? Right. Oh. 
All right, folks, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been yeah, great. you are done. You're done. Boom, 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 boom. You guys wanted me uh, here. Uh, All right. right. <laughs> Just thought it would last longer before I kicked you out. Nope. Right. Nope. Sorry to disappoint, folks. <laughs> so before we uh, really kick this thing off, where are you from? Kansas City, Missouri. Ah, uh, barbecue country. Yeah, it is. It is. Land of the barbecue. Yeah. Midwest. I'm a Midwest girl. I've been there. I've been a Midwest girl my whole life. Lived in Kansas City about 20 years. And uh, I've been doing hair 15. Wow, man. Man. <sighs> yeah, 15 <laughs> years. It doesn't feel like it, but where, 15 years. Where were you years. born, Sarai? Were you born in Kansas City? Um, I was born in a tiny little town called Houston, Missouri. No one has ever heard of it. There's literally 500 people there. Wow. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the sticks. I grew up in the country. Uh-huh. The next biggest town we moved to was like 5,000 people. What? Uh-huh. I mean, that's 10 times the size or something, mm-hmm. right? You guys so you got so many people that my son's school. <laughs> no, <Yep>. right? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So little me grew up in a tiny little country town. Gravel road and all. Mm-hmm. We had a creek in our backyard. We did. We did, went fishing for crawfish. Was it a creek or was it was it a, a creek? creek? It was, was an it actual a, creek, not it was a creek. creek, not a creek. Mm-hmm. Creek. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the crawdads. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a midwestern thing, right? It is. In, it one hundred percent is. I'm still not sure which word you uh, go with. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right. Either way is right. <laughs> yeah, sure, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sure, right. Yeah, sure, right. So, <laughs> how, so how did you discover this this industry that you are impacting right now? I mean, with your Wow, that's that's a compliment, first of all. So thank you for that. Um, I discovered this industry later in life. I wasn't allowed to color my hair until I was 16. My parents were pretty strict. Mm-hmm. And the day of my 16th birthday, got my driver's license, went to Walmart, bought the brightest ass red I could find, dumped it on my head. <laughs> and at dinner that night, my dad said, well, I didn't know we invited Ronald McDonald to dinner. <laughs> and I was like... Oh shit, my dad disapproves. Okay, let's do some more. Right. And I started doing crazy stuff with my hair. I would experiment and I forayed into other careers that I did not like, management, things like that. It wasn't me. Uh, I don't play by rules. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to beauty school. I actually had the choice of becoming a real estate agent or going to hair school. I could not see you as a real estate agent. Not now. Not covering all these <laughs> tattoos. It's funny. When I went to beauty school, I didn't have a single tattoo. Not a right. single tattoo. And you picked them up all. That's all post-hair school. Yep. Yep. Got my first one in beauty school. So at 24, I went to, to beauty school. And I was scared because I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I would love it. The first day, I was like, this is it. This is where I need to be. This, this is it for me. My people. Seriously, my people. Mm. I have found them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was an awesome journey. I had a great hair school experience. I know a lot of people have had, you know, really terrible ones, and I've heard horror stories, and I feel bad for those people. Mine was amazing. You know what, Doc? When I think about that, I'm like, you know, you, we're basing that on it's pretty much the first authoritative kind of situation that you're in right out of your parents' house, or maybe you're still in your parents' house. So, so it's like you, you're fighting that authority authoritative whatever figures from your parents that you're fighting anyways and now you go into a school and now you have to you think you have to continue to fight that instead of just living in the moment that's true you know that's deep i never thought of it that way yeah well (laughs) (laughs) but i mean that's kind of like like i hear people talk about oh my school sucked this and you know and all that kind of stuff and i'm like yeah but you're taking the opinion of a 20 year old and not and not not to bash on 20 year olds that's not what i'm doing what i'm saying i'm just trying to say that you know you just don't have enough life experience to actually have um you know absolutely 
and perspective. Perspective. That's, that's perspective. The, that's the word I lost. Yeah, it, it comes with age. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so it was this in Missouri as well. I went to beauty school in Kansas. They're you know neighbors, two miles apart, Kansas, Missouri. So yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so lost. I, know. I, I, have no, I have no idea what she's saying right now. <laughs> so nutty. <laughs> so where'd you find the passion? I mean, you're like killing like Instagram and you're killing the game and, and, and you're booking up all over the place. Like, like when was it that it grabbed you and you're like, not only am I going to make a difference for Sarai, but I'm going to make a difference for the industry. It, it started about three years ago. So I, I always say the first 10 years of my hair career were practice. And I am not, I'm proud of my journey very much so. Mm-hmm. I have been sober for three years. And the first 10 years, I was so jacked up. I didn't, I am surprised I kept a clientele. I was so inconsistent. Um, drugs booze, you name it. I was an addict. I mm-hmm. mean, hardcore. I actually developed a terrible drinking problem in beauty school and it got worse and worse. And then I would go through periods of clean or sobriety time um, until it got to the point where my life became completely unmanageable. <clears throat> I was drinking every single day at work and I would promise myself every night before I went to bed, like, you're not going to drink tomorrow. You can do this. You're not going to drink. And by 830, when the liquor store opened, I was at the liquor store. Eight thirty in the morning. Yeah, and again, I'm not, I'm not proud of it. I'm not ashamed to talk about it, but it's not something I'm proud of. You know, mm-hmm. I was drunk when I went to work. I got hammered at work. I started blacking out at work. Mm. Yeah, it was not, it was not good. I was so unhappy with myself. There was a lot of issues, I and mean, we all have past, right? Mm-hmm. We all have trauma, shit I hadn't dealt with. I got to a really bad spot in my head, and I just, I couldn't get out. I couldn't get out. And so the only way I knew to, to deal with it was to self-medicate. So did you, did you find that space in, like you said, you started drinking in hair school. Like, what, what was it that kind of like, th- there's a missing piece for me. You know, like, when did you, did you find that bad headspace, I guess, in, in, in hair school and you just could, you couldn't move past that? Or was it just something that got, that got tighter and worse as, as time went on? So let's backtrack a little. Mm-hmm. Had an eating disorder when I was 14. Anorexic, bulimic, all of that through high school. Started drinking at 19 to deal with trauma, mm-hmm. right? From the space of about 21 to 22, I kind of went into a little bit of recovery, 23-ish. Then when this I, is purposeful recovery, or is this just something like, ah, I'm going to take a break? I just kind of take a break, mm-hmm. kind of try so to get my shit together. It wasn't proactive, really. It no, was just oh, not at all. <laughs> not mm-hmm. active recovery. And then when I went to beauty school, it was everyone was skinny. Everyone was pretty. It was that comparison game. I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. And let's have a good time. And so it started out, you know, just innocent going, having a drink after school. And then it became more drinks and more drinks. And then before you know it, I have a drinking problem and I've lost, you know, 40 pounds in a matter of months. And I'm back to my eating disorder and, you know, with the drinking. And it just, it was a whirlwind of self-hatred was -hmm. what is what it boils down to. And I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't realize what I was doing to myself. I was trying to cope. And that was 
That was the only way I knew how, was to self-medicate. I mean, if your disorder started at 14, you know, you're not even old enough to cope mm-hmm. at 14, you know, so it seems like a, it was just a continued whirlwind of, of, of coping and not dealing. Mm-hmm. Right? 100%. percent mm. Yeah, usually when you're that young, you kind of ignore it or, or d- pretend that it doesn't exist, right? Or Absolutely. And that's, that's how I knew how to deal with it was it was basically shove it down. Shove it down. Don't talk about it. Don't deal with it. We can only shove it down for so long before shit starts to bubble. And then when it starts to bubble, you don't know what to do. Right. So I did what I knew to do. Drink. Mm-hmm. You know? And I would, you know, go exercise for eight hours or, you know, whatever I thought was coping and dealing in the absolute most unhealthy ways. So that is the missing piece (laughs) and it got it definitely got worse in beauty school and when I graduated I went straight out of beauty school into a booth rental situation and it was a crazy crazy uh, yeah (laughs) it it was it was scary it was really scary Mm -hmm. but at the same time I had this cockiness to me as a 25 year old, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like real good. I'm pretty damn good. Okay. I can do a razor cut. I could do a Kelly Clarkson highlights. Cause that was in at the time you guys, that's how old I am. Okay. <laughs> so I went straight into booth rental and the stylist that I was working for the owner, she was going through a divorce. She lost her marbles and six months out of beauty school, I ended up buying this salon from her. What? Hmm. I'm not really sure which one of you lost your marbles. But Okay, all of us. We all did. We all did. I had no business owning a salon. No way. At all. 25, had no idea what I was doing. Of course, I can, I can do this. I can handle this. And try to work behind the chair. Mm-mm. Bad mm. idea. Bad idea. I mean, were, did you have a busy book? It was absolutely insane. I actually built a crazy clientele. I hustled, though. And this was before the time of social media. So I went out and I handed everybody and any my, anybody my card. Line at the supermarket. Here, you need your hair done. I went and handed out my card like crazy. I would go out all the time. Again, here we are back to the drinking. I'm going out and I'm, I'm working, right? I'm handing out my business cards. I'm trying to get business. I'm partying with these people. And then let me come, you know, let me do your hair. Come sit in my chair. So over about two years, I built a pretty damn good book. I mean, it was pretty full. Slowly but surely, things started to go south at the salon. And did you were you managing a staff at this point, or just managing? We had I had a business partner, Uh and neither one of us had any clue what we were doing. We just thought we'd fake it till we make it, right? So we had booth rental and commission stylists, and my business partner at the time was a cokehead Mm -hmm. and an addict herself. She was off doing her thing. I was running and. This was even before I had gotten into drugs. I didn't do drugs until I was 27. Oh, yes, I was a late bloomer. Wow. Yeah. Drinking had been my life up until that point. Mm-hmm. So my business partner kind of left me hanging. And I was running the marketing, the advertising. I was doing the books. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was stressed out. Like, I was so stressed out. Meanwhile, running my behind-the-chair stuff. So right. my plate was full. So my business partner kind of checked out, and I I became very resentful. And she would party all the time. We'd go out together. And one night, 
27 years old, never done drugs before, thought it would be a good idea to do some cocaine. Nope. <laughs> nope. That was that was the beginning of the end for me. So from... So that's 27. 27. So I was an alcoholic before then, and now I'm a full-blown drug addict. It, that was all it took, one time. Mm. And I lost my mind and it went very quickly it escalated very quickly I started dating my drug dealer because that's a really good idea <laughs> uh, I started dating my drug dealer and we went from cocaine to meth in about six months and that was it that was a nail in my coffin from yeah. there I, I lost my mind but then so, so were you still, I'm sorry were you still able to keep, a, keep your, your, your business together yeah I, um, I'm a high-functioning addict, and I have this uncanny ability to hide shit from people. It's a blessing and a curse. But yeah, I, had, I still had clients, which is, I look back and I'm like, how the hell did anybody let me do their hair? And I thought I had my shit together. You know, I wasn't shaky or I wasn't tweaky or mm-mm. I look back and I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> so how I kept those clients, I have no idea. But I would also burn through clients. So it was like I would get new clients. They would come back once or twice, and then they would leave, and then I would get more new clients. So I never had a consistent client base. Right. It's constantly revolving. Yep. Because I kept screwing up. (laughs) (laughs) So from 27 to 30, I partied hard. I partied like it was like I was getting paid for it. And alcohol out of control, drugs out of control. I ended up selling my business to my business partner. The same one? Yeah. She kind of got her stuff together when I lost my mind. She, was she <laughs> your How drug funny dealer? Is that? No, she wasn't. Uh, no. I'm, yeah. I'm not name dropping. <laughs> no, no, I'm not asking. I'm, I don't I'm know just, you. No, I wasn't asking like that. <laughs> You're not getting that info from right. me. <laughs> so from 27 to 30. 27 to 30, um, I managed to run my life into the ground, lost my business, lost a marriage, got a divorce. And this is the drug dealer that you married? No. No, that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There's so much. There's oh, yeah, so keep going. much. Okay. I, I, my apologies. <laughs> so I lost my business, marriage, lost obviously a shit ton of clients, friends, and it got to the point where I actually got evicted, and I got my car repossessed, and I was homeless. Mm. All in the span of a couple of years. Wow. So where's your your family at this time? My parents lived in another state, and I had severely hurt our relationship. And I know it was really hard for them to watch me fall on my face and they didn't really know how bad it was I don't I tried to keep it right. on the down low I mean who wants to I mean, hear you're not going to go to your parents and be like hey guess what mom and right dad. right I mean, until you're ready for recovery that's that's when you have that conversation but while you're in it you're not going to absolutely and I didn't I, I didn't want anybody to know how bad things had gotten I was if I was lucky I was sleeping on friends couches um you know it was just here and there I didn't I didn't have a home I didn't have a car I didn't have shit to my name I had nothing and this is at 30? Mm-hmm. Mm. I can't imagine. Neither can wow. I. Yeah, I'm, I'm 38 now. And I've gone from 
being homeless, being a junkie, mm-hmm. an alcoholic, to I've got three years of sobriety now. That's amazing. Thank well, you. First of all, congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, but, but we still have a little bit of a we trip do, to go. We do. We do. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, y- you talk about that like that was your bottom, but we're still missing a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. So it took you a couple, took you a couple t- more years? Yeah, because, you know, being a homeless junkie isn't clearly my bottom. It would be a lot of people's mm-hmm. bottoms. Slowly but surely, I had, um, had some awesome people reach out to me. Hey, come stay with me. Let me help you. Got a got a job, kind of half-assed that job at a hair salon. Started partying again, not with the drugs, more with the booze. Mm-hmm. Tried to get out of that. Got back into drugs. Out of that, so out of the, the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm kind of flip flopper, <laughs> or all of it, more of it. Okay. So, I actually, and this is what you were referring to, Corey. <laughs> I ended up marrying my drug dealer. <laughs> My current husband, who is clean and sober, six years, by the way, mm-hmm. just throw that out there. I met whoop, whoop. him. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. He was met him through a friend of a friend. He was my drug dealer, and we were friends for a while. And then I started to get away from the drugs, and he helped me with that. And actually, we started dating. We were friends for like a year and a half, and we started dating. And things got serious quick. And I was like, this this dude, like, I got feels for this dude. <laughs> and I told him, I said, listen, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we we gotta do it right. Like we you can't be selling shit. I can't be doing shit. Like we gotta get our lives together. And so it was at that moment that I stopped doing drugs and he stopped selling drugs. So hold on. Hold on, hold on, Mr. Rye. Mm-hmm. So your bottom wasn't homeless living in a car. Your bottom was finding love. We're not even to my bottom yet. Oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> Let the Sarai saga <laughs> carry on. So we dated. We got engaged very quickly. I think it was three months. He had been married before. I had been married before. We knew. And we got married within a year. I went to work. I was working at a booth rental salon. And I wasn't, again, my head just wasn't right. I wasn't doing drugs, but I was still drinking. And it was still an issue. So let's fast forward four years. Mm. I got to the point where I was miserable. Again, a lot of self doubt, self-hatred, things that I just hadn't dealt with that were eating away at me. And I just tried to medicate and self-medicate. So the booze was out of control. And this was, this was my bottom here. Drinking every day at the liquor store, 830, drunk, blackout drunk, being mean to clients, uh, giving clients shitty haircuts, um, colors, things that I don't remember. So my amazing boss at the time she sends me a text message one weekend and she said I need you to think about your job I need you to think about what this career means to you I need you to think about what your salon family means to you I I knew what she was talking about like my drinking was out of control so I thought about it 
And that was March 5th that she sent me that text message. On March 6th, I got up and I had a meeting with her and I made up my mind. I'm done. I'm done drinking. And I said to her, and I never said it to any other human, I think I have a problem and I think I need help. I'm an alcoholic. My bottom was me being faced with the possibility of losing my career, losing my job, eventually losing my husband. And I've lost it before, but this was, this was it for me. Right. You're older now and, you know, yeah, I'm sitting here like just in all of you. I mean, that's, you know what I mean? First of all, taking the step saying I have a problem, most you know, that's, that's the biggest component of it all. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that and once you bring it into the light, you know what I mean, now you can deal with it. Absolutely. And it was, in a weird way, it was almost freeing. I, I just had a feeling I was going to get caught. I wanted to get caught. You know what I mean? It was like, so I can stop living this fucking lie. And when I finally said that, I was just like, Oh my God. Okay. All right. Now I feel like I can breathe for the first time in a long time. I, I felt like I could breathe and it was scary. Cause I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. So I went to meetings and I threw myself into work. I mean, I threw myself into work and that was, that was a big, that's a big part of the reason that I'm here mm-hmm. is my sobriety and hair became my therapy. That's amazing. I mean, so many times um, in recovery, we, we, we find other things to obsess about, <laughs> you know? Yes. So, because, you know, the, it, it, the thing with addiction is that not only is it, not only is there's this chemical hold, but there's also this obsession hold to it, right? And, yeah. and it's, it's what we know hold. So, so many times we see that, you know, whether it's going to the gym, you know, in recovery, we see it going to the gym or throwing yourself into work and stuff. And, and I mean, Thank God for the industry you threw it into work, man. Right. Yes, yeah. You know? They I believe they call that transferring addictions. That's definitely right. it. Mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> That's what I did. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, it was in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went from, you know, being an addict and drinking every day to being sober and working a ton. I mean and when I say I, I threw myself into work, I decided that when I got sober, like this is it. Like this is my career, this is what I love to do. It's time to stop talking about it and it's time to start being about it Mm -hmm. and when I made that decision I started going to classes and I started taking any education event I could I mean the $25 classes you know that they offer from different companies I would take those I went on different education events and I put everything I learned into my clients and I would at that point I would take clients I it was cheap. It was free. I would do whatever I could. Hey, I've mm-hmm. got this new technique. Let me try it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just needed to keep my mind busy because I still was struggling with things that I hadn't dealt with and I had to figure out how to cope, but I couldn't cope with booze. Right. So hair, hair became my therapy. So, I mean, those are good words, right? But like, how did you start to deal with like, you know, that person known as Sarai? That's the hard stuff. It, it's it's a gradual process. I mean, I, I still am dealing with. And you probably will forever. But I mean, absolutely. Is it, is it like, are you doing it through meetings? Or are you doing it like through therapy? Or because I mean, hair is great, but hair is not going to deal with that. That's true. 
that was to keep my mind busy. And the alone times, it was like, all right, what do I do? So I'd go to meetings. I went to a bunch of meetings. I think they say like 30 and 30 or whatever. 90 and 90, right? 90 and 90, yeah. So I went to meetings, and I had an amazing mentor who was my best friend and was sober as well. And he helped me a lot, like a lot. I would reach out to him like crazy because emotions come up. And when you've numbed out for 20 years (laughs) and this stuff starts to come up, you're like, what the hell am I doing? I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm feeling. Wait, is that a feeling? That's a feeling. What is this? (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of meetings, I love reaching out. And that was hard for me because God damn it. I am an independent woman and I can do this shit on my own. Mm -hmm. That's a lie. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. 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 100%. That is me. The little tiny heartbeat that grew. That's, and that's honestly, that is basically what my recovery has been like. Truly. It was like a little blip and then it was a little more, but it was through therapy and reaching out and going to these meetings and talking about it, talking about it to my friends at first and then talking to, you know, my clients who knew I was struggling And I think that's the biggest piece that has helped me stay sober is that I am so open about it. I am open about my struggle because it helps me stay accountable. And the the crazy thing is when I tell my story, people relate to it on so many levels. And I've had so many people reach out to me who are like, hey, thank you so much for sharing that. Like I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's taking the stigma away by talking about it because our key, our secrets keep us sick. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I wish I could say I came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> so through talking about it. I call it the platinum preacher. Yes. <laughs> Church is in session. Church is right. in session. <laughs> therapy. Therapy definitely helped. I'm mm-hmm. a big proponent. I feel like everybody should go to therapy. Everybody's got issues, right? But mm-hmm. also you get somebody to just listen to you and it be a sounding board for you. That's pretty nice. I'm into that. Without I'm totally fear of into judgment that. too, right? Absolutely. Right. Say whatever the hell you want. That's all right. Okay, so uh, everybody in the recovery uh, needs a no bullshit friend. <laughs> so when you're bullshitting the world, you have that friend that's like, Sarai, you're bullshitting. Yeah, I do. And I do. And I'm very grateful. But at the same time, piss off (laughs) 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 it's it's hard everybody does need that friend and it's hard to hear when you're you're putting on that face Mm -hmm. you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing because that's what everybody expects and but yeah i do i've got a couple people like that in my life that will call me on my shit real damn quick and you trust them absolutely Mm. it's important to have a network of people that you trust for recovery you have to have those people that like you said, are going to call you on your shit. You can call day or night. You can talk to them. They're not going to judge you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because recovery is a lot of self-work, but it's also reaching out to people and being vulnerable. And that is really hard for me to be vulnerable. That is one of the biggest challenges I've had because I am so independent. You know, I can do all this on my own. Well, you got yourself into this trouble, you know? Right. Now you got to get out. But it's creating a network of love and support. And reaching right. out. Wow. Woo. Take, Take a breather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that, it, it, that just, well, first and foremost, thank you for sharing that part of your story. Cause Absolutely. That, that's, 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 that's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, like you, you know. said earlier, that there's a lot of people out there struggling. Hopefully, you know, your story can give them the strength to to bring it out to find their own no bullshit friend. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'll be your no bullshit friend. I'll call you <laughs> on your shit. It's always easier to call somebody else. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so you said so. The last three years is where you really finding yourself as yeah. as what you're doing. But you have impacted this industry in three years. I mean, that it's in impressive. a way. Yeah. Aww, thank you. From, from all of a sudden, I'm, I need to, you know, brush up on my skills or, what, or you know, I need these classes to now you are, uh, you know, this social media queen. Oh, that's very kind. It's funny because I, I don't see it from that perspective. I see it from my perspective. And I feel like it's been forever. I know it's only been three years. But when I when I made that decision to work my ass off, I, I'm i a goal getter, not a go getter. I'm a goal getter. Mm-hmm. So I set goals. And one of my favorite things to do is scratch that that goal off. Check that off. Yeah. It, it gives me so much pleasure. So I set, I set goals for myself. And I set higher goals. And then I set higher goals. And I set higher goals. And I have learned to network with people. And, you know, through just being open on social media, it's amazing how many friendships and genuine friendships, right. you know, I've, I've been able to cultivate and create and, you know, having mentors in this industry just by reaching out. So social media, I had no idea what I was doing with social media when I started, by the way. I didn't know what a hashtag was. <laughs> I started the social media game really late, too, because I got sober in 2015. Instagram was already popping, right? I didn't start Instagram until, like, 2015, 2016, you know? Wow. Yeah. Again, wow. what, what's the hashtag? What's the tag? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm taking terrible photos. I had, I had no idea what I was doing. But I'm one of those people, if I don't know, I'm going to learn. Right. You know, I'm going to take classes. I'm going to reach out to people. So I feel like it's been an eternity. <laughs> Three years has been a long time, but it hasn't. And I think through social media, it's allowed me to really live my truth and huh. be me and be authentic. And that's what I just, that's my message. And that's what I want from everybody is just to be your goddamn self. Good, bad, it doesn't matter. Just be you. Feeding your face with Skittles, no matter what happens. You damn right. And people get, <laughs> I get so much crap for the for the stuff I eat on Instagram. And the way you eat it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. I don't okay. care. I don't care. Because that's me. This is Sarai. This that's Sarai. right. Sarai in the real. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. So, I mean, obviously your skill was, was, was on point even before you started in 2015. Or, I mean, I'm sure it's gotten better over the last three years, but... It has. I mean, you've... Uh, you, you, anybody that follows you, you know, every weekend you're like uh, in a different state, in a different place, in a different whatevs. I am. So so, so the word's getting out. Yeah. Word's getting out, Miss Sarai. Yay, good. That's what I want. That's my, that's my goal, honestly. Um, I love teaching. I love teaching so much. And mm-hmm. I had no idea, again... You know, three years ago, if you'd have told me I'd be here doing this now, I'd have told you you're crazy. <laughs> Absolutely batshit crazy. But again, I just, when I set my mind to do something, I do it. I make goals. I make game plans. I make action plans. And I check off those goals. And I have really lofty goals. Very lofty. So I've worked my ass off to get where I am. Social media is a full-time job. You know, traveling the country. It's, it's exhausting. 
I mean, but, but you've been featured and and mentioned in in magazines and all. Yeah, uh, you, that's quick. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to say. But yeah, it, you know, because when I search your name, I see words like ghosted or mm-hmm. or Whoville Christmas tree technique. You know, which we'll get into a little bit. But, <laughs> you know. Because it fits the whole Grinch. The it, it does. It, it does. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I ever set out to, like, be famous or... I don't know. I just feel like through pushing myself and setting these goals and then, you know, a goal to... One of my very first goals was to get reposted by just a page on Instagram. Any page. Any page. I just wanted to be reposted. So then... That eventually became American Salon, and then that became Modern Salon, and then that became the next thing. And then I was like, I want to see my work in Allure. And then I wanted to see my work here and there. And so my goals just kept getting bigger, and I kept pushing myself. And I have such a hunger and a drive and a passion for this industry that you put all of those things together, and I feel like I'm just kind of a machine. (laughs) (laughs) Robots arrive. Yeah. <laughs> Are you beast, real? Beast mode. I am not. <laughs> beast, beast mode. mode engage. <laughs> so how did you? Um, you said you wanted to get into a lore. Like 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 how did? Being that that's not an industry like trade. Like how did you? Uh, how my my. Spe- how did you manifest that? <laughs> that? I'm so. I love that word. And that's. I feel like that's what a lot of this is. Is manifesting. Talking about it. Uh, but not only talking about it because I don't believe in luck. I think you make your own luck. And I think it's a lot of working your ass off. And I think it's saying yes to opportunities and also making your own opportunities. So hold, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Literally, your knuckles say luck. Lady luck. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am my own lady luck. Got it. You, you can own it. <laughs> the allure thing, I made a goal and I wrote it out. I wanted to be published in a non-industry publication. That was the specifics of it. And Allure was the very first one to do it. And I will never forget. No, I'm sorry. It was not Allure. It was Harper's Bazaar was the very first one. And I got the notification, was with a client, dropped to my knees, and started crying. No way. I did. Really? Like, full-blown, like, holy shit. Like, Harper's Bazaar. I've seen that at the airport. Everybody knows. I mean, it's a fashion magazine. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I cannot believe this is happening. And that was my first big one. And I was like, oh, my God. This is like, this is amazing. This is such a cool feeling. And I rode that cloud, that high. And then it, and then it becomes, here we go, back to the addiction. It almost becomes like an addiction sure where you're kind of chasing that next, like, all right, cool. So let's push another boundary. All right. So they picked me up. Like, what else can I do? Where, where can I take this? you know, for my career. It's probably the same endorphin rush, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what you're feeling. Yeah. You know, we're just doing it in a, hopefully a healthier way. Yeah. I mean, you could do a couple push-ups or do some squats. Jump out of a plane. Zip line. Jump out of a plane. That's I'm going to do that. (laughs) Jump out of a plane? Yeah. Is that next? That's next. Yeah. I've always wanted to go skydiving. Yep. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. You You better eat Skittles on the way down. Oh. Yeah, and carry a giraffe. I'll probably ride a giraffe down. (laughs) That'll be awesome. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I can't wait to see that, man. (laughs) That'll be so cool. Is he going to have a little parachute, a little giraffe parachute? 
No, nah, because then he'll, he'll float up. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no giraffe parachute. Mix me on that. No giraffe parachute. That's cool. So uh, you said that like a lot of people have been, you know, like reaching out to you. I mean, not just about, you know, not just about your addictions or about your recovery story, but just like what kind of reach outs are you getting, um, you know, on like social media, just about like, you know, forget who you are or what you've done about, but what you're doing. What's that been like? I get, I get all kinds of things. Um, you inspire me. I want to be like you. Your work is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, for me, it's. It's weird and and not bad. It's just weird because I know the addict. I know all the shit I've done in my life. I've done, I know all the nitty gritty. And so when people are like, you inspire me or, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. But it also makes me kind of feel like, can I I tell you a story? I think, I think we shared this on a podcast before, but, um, I quit drinking when I was 29. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, um, it took me a lot of years not to be the party guy or not, not to, fig- to, you know, to figure out who that guy was, you know. And, like, could I be fun? Could I laugh and stuff like that without being the party guy? And um, it, it actually took me 15 years um, before somebody asked me to, um, to officiate their wedding. And, and that, to me, was like, okay, I've made it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because now, like, I'm responsible for someone's greatest day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that was kind of like my moment in that. And I cried when they asked me and I cried after I did it um, because that was it was just that was my graduation, mm-hmm. you know, and like I kind of feel like, you know what, it that was worth everything. Yeah. And my mom's uh, forever thankful, by the way. <laughs> 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 but anyway, it, it was a really, really cool um, kind of experience. And, and, and I hope if you haven't found that, you do find that. Um, and uh, I, I, I think that. You know, in three years in, and, and, and you've got people that you're inspiring and that, and that trust what you're doing, and, and that's pretty empowering. It, it absolutely is. And I, I just think because I live my truth, mm-hmm. I live the good and the bad, I put it out there, I stay accountable. I mean, I think that, honestly, social media has had a big impact on that. And just being able to share my story get feedback i mean that's that's it's amazing to me Mm -hmm. that people take time out of their day to message me or you know tell me i inspire them that's amazing that's what i want like i want to make a difference in people's lives and you can see it when she's telling the story you know a lot of times like people are afraid because they're afraid of being judged absolutely you're telling it and it's quite the opposite you're receiving so much love yeah and, you know, you are truly uh, an inspiration. I Thank mean, you. You know what I mean? A, you know, you can see I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm like man, you, you definitely touched my heart. Well, just I hearing th- your story. I think that the fear of judgment went away for me. I, I was a homeless junkie. I mean, like, I've lived in shit. Mm-hmm. I've seen some shit. So for me, coming out and saying, like, I have a problem to me, it wasn't shameful. And so I feel like because I have been through so much shit in my life, if you don't like me, I don't give a fuck. And that's the bottom line because I, but is that am true a, words? I'm a good person. You know what? Honestly, three years ago, I, I wouldn't have been able to say that. Uh-huh. Now I can sit here and look you in the face and say, don't you say it to me. Cause, cause I thought we're I'm going to look at the wall <laughs> and I'm going to say, if you don't like me, I don't give a fuck because I don't care. I mean, 
that's your stuff. What I've learned is that's your stuff. If there's something about me you don't like, maybe it resonates with your soul or maybe there's something in that. But I know that I live my life right. I have amazing support people in my life. I'm a good human. I go above and beyond and I'm pretty fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me 38 years to be able to look at myself in that mirror and say, you know what? I love you. You're awesome. So your opinion of me, that's yours. You damn right. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I know. I kind of. I just want to hug her now, but we're too. The table's too damn good. <laughs> <laughs> we can hug after. <laughs> we, can hug, we can hug it out. We can hug it out. You know, so when you, while you were saying that, the, what I what I kept thinking was like, you know, for the first time, Sarai's like, you know, I'm important enough not to give a fuck. You know, Sarai's mm-hmm. more important than 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 your shit. Yeah, you know, and I, I dig that, man. I respect that. Like you don't know. Oh, thank you, know? you. And 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 you know, even with that, there'll be times that that you'll struggle with that. There'll be times where you know it, it's not it's not so smooth, right? It's not a Absolutely. decision. Absolutely, it's, it's it's a trip. Well, and that's the thing. It's I mean, it is day to day, and you know, just because I'm in recovery doesn't mean every day is fucking sunshine and rainbows. I struggle just <laughs> like the rest of us. Right. You know, I have days where I'm like, fuck, should I be doing this? Is am I even good at hair? I mean, I I'm human. You know, I, I have feelings and it's not it's not always one thousand percent confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm human. So you caught me on a good day today though. All right. <laughs> so as well, you gr- just left the stage. I mean if I you're did. not feeling like pumped up now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you said you'd like to set goals for yourself. Yes. What are what are your future goals that you're go. you're shooting Ooh, for? That's a great Ooh. question. So my big one is to to teach international. I would, I would love that. And one of my really big goals is my own product line. Sweet. And I know that's huge and it's lofty and I know money wise, I eventually I would like to have a part in something like that. I also really, really want to be a motivational speaker Mm. really badly. We've got the story. I think it's just a matter of like, uh, yeah. you know, like molding that a little mm-hmm. bit and seeing like, you know, what the touch points are and 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 how you get people wanting to run through a wall. Yeah. yeah. Sit know. with Gino. Sit with Gino. I know. Oh, Gino's that amazing. Dude. And Ben Mullen. Ben Mullen. Oh, yeah. He he's genius. Yeah. He's emceeing our event next weekend. <sighs> yeah. I'm so just jealous. So excited. She just did Ben's class. Oh, uh, did you? Changed my life. Hundred percent. Absolutely. The his Ben Mullen project, y'all. He, you know what? He has a gift. And I, I told him this. I said, you have a gift. And I am so grateful that you chose to share it with us. He is making such an impact on people's lives. And it's like, it's so on the down low, I feel like. Like, everybody needs to know about Ben. Ben Mullen project. Yeah. His, his class is amazing. We say the same thing all the time. Why? Every salon owner or every, you know, Anybody who wants to do stage work, they need to call that guy. 100%. We pimp him all the time. Every time we talk to somebody that either yeah. has like an established salon or like a salon chain or something, we're like, why is Ben not here? You've got to get Ben yeah. Mullen. This guy. 100%. This guy. He's amazing. You know? He is, he's awesome. And I told him that was one of my goals as well as to be, you know, I'd love to be on stage inspiring people and motivating. And so... We'll see. We'll see what happens with see that. What happens. It's yeah. gonna happen for you. You know, maybe three years a little soon, but but I know it's it's gonna get a little more bro. time under my belt. Thank you. 
Yeah, we talk about doing a TED Talk type style uh, event. Oh, that's also on my goal list. Just FYI, Mm -hmm. she would. uh, (laughs) She would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, what we want to do is we kind of we this is this is our this is a lofty goal that we have, like maybe a five or six year plan, but. Um, in this kind of environment, in like a hair show kind of environment, we want to set a room apart, even if it was this big, and we just kind of want to share the stories. You know, kind of what we do in the podcast, yeah. but we don't want to do it in podcast style. We wanted to do like, you know, Tony and I leave the room and Sarai like owns the room. That's right. amazing. We, we want to become do that the motivational the speaker that you want to become mm-hmm. in front of everybody in a TED Talk kind of way. Yeah. And I think just share your story. I mean, Isn't it? Yeah. It's kismet that we're all sitting around talking about this right now. <laughs> it's meant to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Actually, I hope people that listen to the podcast, if they would be interested in something like that, you know, maybe they should DM us and just be like, down. Yeah, totally. Actually, you have to DM both us and Sarai, you know, do like a group to die. Yes. Do a group (laughs) 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 So we know where it's coming from. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool, man. Dude, I don't know. I'm kind of speechless, you know. I mean, she's just, she shared so much and like. You know, I can't wait to see the next uh, several years to see how all this uh, kind of like, you know what I mean? Like our goals, your goals. And yeah, and then how it all intertwines. I have a feeling in the future, which would be, you know, if we can make that happen. Yeah, I feel like this is it's crazy because it, I feel like it's just the beginning. I mean, of, of the big stuff, like worked my ass off and behind the scenes. And I know you guys feel this way, too, is all of that little stuff that seems like it takes forever. And then it's like you get a, a, a break or you get this opportunity. And then before you know it, these bigger opportunities come along. And I feel like I'm at that, I'm at that point where these bigger opportunities keep coming in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm on stage this year. It was a huge goal of mine for 2019, actually, was to be on main stage. Mm-hmm. And here we are. I'm on main, on main stage. stage. Yeah. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. That's pretty crazy pretty freaking awesome and and again i mean three years mm-hmm. into recovery it's amazing because you know that's justification yeah seems you like know? everything that you speak kind of comes to fruition so speak something positive about us about us yeah, yeah. You know, like hopefully i live forever everything that you say i want to do this boom it happens i want to do this boom you guys happens. are gonna win awards <laughs> what are they, Grammys, Tonys? What are we winning? I don't know. Do we I don't know. Okay, we're going to win awards. podcast awards. Are the hairdressing <laughs> podcast awards? <laughs> right, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know about it. Hey, <laughs> PBA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, magazines or something. Come on. <laughs> Give the podcast world some love. <laughs> or at least us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just you guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, we love our podcast world, man. You know, yeah. we love it. Because Olivia just started one. We love her. Yeah. Gordon and Eric, and you know we could name drop a bunch. But man, Elizabeth Faye, Elizabeth Faye, yeah, she has one yeah. too. So yeah. it's really cool, man. We uh, we uh, it's exciting actually. The podcast world for what's happening in hairdressing is exciting, and and I'm glad that we're able to share thoughts and feelings and and, and share stories. Yep. I mean, I think that that's kind of our space here is that we get to share you guys' stories. Um, and there's a lot of podcasts out there for a lot of different, a lot of different things. And actually, you know, you got Tina sitting next to you, and she was just on Nina's podcast. Oh, so we love Nina. We do love Nina. Nina's so amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that that this has become a thing. Like podcasts, we've all heard about it, but it's mm-hmm. in the hairstyling industry. Like it's a thing now. That's yeah. so cool. Isn't that awesome? We were, I struggled with it because I wanted to start a podcast, but I was like. How are you going to teach technique, right? Because right. That, that, because that's that's what we've had as far as education in the industry. So, like, how are we going to share technique audibly? You know, mm-hmm. like, how do you do that? 
Um, and then, you know, once again, I'll, I'm not going to tell the story because everyone's heard it a million <laughs> times. But, you know, once I decided what, what our angle was going to be, that, that was it. Okay. You know, we doubled down on, on, on like, you know what, let's share the stories mm-hmm. of, of the people in the industry because, you know, we're an interesting bunch. Well, that we um, are. We're a crazy bunch of people and everybody's got a story. And it's cool because you guys are giving us the opportunity to to share that, to share the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, business and you know, the ins and outs of it. And I mean, you guys have talked to so many amazing people and everybody's got such a cool story mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can all as hairstylists relate to it. So what you guys are doing is awesome. And you guys are going to, you guys are going to do big things. I know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way that you can't because you guys are so passionate about this and you live, eat, breathe, sleep this. Like you guys are going to do some big shit. That's right. That's awesome. For real. That, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, it's gonna come. It's gonna come. She said it. She said See, it. Now, now I'm starting to question whether it's genuine or not, or whether you set her up to be genuine. No, no. no. <laughs> Swear to God, no, not at all. But, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank that's you. Right. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for sharing the story. You. Exactly. Thank you guys for for having me. This yeah. was this was amazing. You're amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it up. I'm gonna kick it into high gear now. That's awesome. Be extra fucking amazing. (laughs) Extra there's a shirt. There's a shirt. (laughs) EFA, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's so cool. Well, Mr. Rye, I think it's that time. Yes. Mr. Rye Spear, the platinum giraffe. Thank you very, very much for joining us on your day. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, Leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. (laughs) Yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, That's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease.